Hey, Aunt, did you know Mr. Bean's Italian? Fuck off. Right. <laughs> Look, apoplectic I was. I was oof. <laughs> you always use big words when you're angry. <laughs> oh. It's like Vesuvius, I tell you. I was... Oh, my rage knew no bounds. I am Mr. Bean. Johnny English. Italian. I mean... Got you. Hello and welcome all into the MO podcast. You're here as always with me, Contumacious Ant. And me, Atreya. And today we are going to be talking about the Roswell incident. <gasps> yes! Right, you may have to hold that yes. Because full disclosure, I did this last night on the fly. Well, at least you said full disclosure, I did this last night on the fly and not full disclosure, it never happened. Well, no. okay. No! Okay. I was going to talk about something else, but... You say this every week. No, but I was, but then I real, realised, well, I'm going to spoil it anyway. I was going to talk about your suggestion of Vincent van Gogh's, quote, suicide. Oh, yeah. Uh... But then I got sidetracked by looking at loads of paintings and realised I didn't have enough time to be able to fit in what I want to say about how good a painter he was and that. So I went, shit. Uh, so you were going to turn this episode into a, like an art critique? I was going to turn it into a Vincent van Gogh fanboy episode, to be quite frank. Uh I mean, he's my favourite as well, but Jesus Christ, Aunt. It's called the M.O. podcast, not the N.O. podcast. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So, I hopefully I'll do that next week, unless I get distracted again. Uh, well, you will. Yeah. And then you'll tell us what we could have known. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, you like the dude from Bullseye. <laughs> this is what we could have talked about. What are you could have won? <laughs> In one. Uh, for for for, there's quite a few people who didn't grow up in Britain in the eighties who listened to this. Uh, I'm quite aware of that, and it just bullseye was terrible. So uh, it, was, it was so bad. Was so bad, and the prize at the end, if you did good or marginally good, was always a speedboat. Speedboat. Living. Because everybody needs a speedboat. Yeah. Of course, especially when they live in a council estate from Birmingham. Right. <laughs> Fuck am I going to do with it? from the ocean. Can't even put it on bricks and sell the wheels. <laughs> the fu- uh. And then trying to sell it on Facebook Marketplace. Are you going to sell it to yeah. somebody else on a council estate in Birmingham exactly. or Manchester? Can you deliver? No, it's a speedboat <laughs> and I've got no rivers near me. <laughs> the fuck? What do you think of one shot of it? Uh. <laughs> Right, okay, okay, okay. So you, we're not talking about Van Gogh, we're not talking about Bullseye, we're talking about Roswell. Yes, we are. And for the two things we've not talked... <laughs> Did you ta- forget for a second there? No, I was having a drink. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> and for the two things we're not talking about, we have talked about quite a lot. So... <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, this is, this is, this is... You don't pay for it, so tough, basically. Uh, Welcome to British <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the Roswell incident is uh, the famous alien alleged incident. So we'll just go through the timeline and then then take it from there, kind of thing. So the dates are kind of fuzzy on the actual discovery of this alleged ship. It was either- why you say alleged, like it never happened, okay? My people firmly believe in this. Something was found. Yeah. 100%. What it was is open to interpretation and different people have said different things. So. Alright then. We'll stick with the ledge. That's all I'm saying. So. Either late June or early July 1947, William Mac Brazel, who worked as a ranch foreman, 
30 miles outside Roswell, New Mexico, found debris of an unknown nature. At least it was unknown to him. Now, there's a few stories where he just seen it and then three, le- three weeks later went back and went, eh, maybe I'll tell someone about it. Or whether he found it and then the next day he went and reported what it was. Uh, this is why the actual dates on the discovery of this is a little bit fuzzy. But definitely in early July, uh, the 4th or the 5th of July, Brazil reported this to the local sheriff. And obviously the local sheriff just looked at it and went, fuck knows what that is, mate. Uh, I'll just contact the local army base. As you do. Well, it's better than contacting Ed and Lorraine Warren. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> if if this was in the 70s, they would have been first on these Rolodex. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, whether, whether that's a fact of how, I don't want to say how terrifying, or how unknown this debris was, his first thought was, army need to contact the army about this or whether it was just it was just too far above his pay grade and he just couldn't be asked it was 1940s you know i mean like who else would you oh well maybe it's the maybe it's the police i guess I don't, maybe it looked like a bomb or something like maybe he was like i mean it could be explosive like maybe that's why he was like oh well i'll contact the army because they've got a bomb disposal squad maybe it's a giant bomb maybe it's an a-bomb that hasn't been detonated. And I need to take precautions. So, actually, now, you say that, and maybe, maybe, because Roswell Army Field, which was a local army base, was home to the Enola Gay Squadron, which, as well as being an absolute banger from OMD, Orchestral Moves <laughs> in the Dark, uh, it was the plane that dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Ooh, see. So you could be you could be onto something there. Maybe that's why he thought. You know what they're doing weird shit over there. Well, wow, uh, got something right. No way. We we got close. Oh, I'm not go- I'm not yeah. let it get to my head. Yeah. Uh, Woo. Uh, and and just 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 like going off on a tangent. Uh, it that is part of one of the best monologues uh, in in film history. It was uh, from Robert Shaw from Jaws about the story of the USS Indianapolis mm. taking the bomb. And uh, when he says... That's good dialogue. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I actually love his style of acting because in the first take, he got so pissed drunk he needed two people to carry him to his chair. <laughs> uh, so... Guy. Yeah. But then he, 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 he actually, apparently he rang Spielberg up and apologised profusely, came in at half seven in the morning and did it in a couple of takes. So Nice. He uh, redeemed himself. Was, uh, yeah, it was uh, awesome. Uh, and if you've not heard that monologue, you have to go and check it out because it is, it is absolutely great. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And it's a great film as well. But... Uh, Except for the shark. I mean, without the shark, it wouldn't really be a film, would it? No. I mean, they could have. They would have been more scary if they had just done the POV camera as if it's the shark and just left it at that, and just we never saw the shark, and then you would never have seen the screws that were falling out of the jaws and the hinges and the bad paintwork. Just saying. Also, fun fact: that shark, the mechanical shark, was called Bruce. I don't know why I know that. I just do. Okay, on that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. Do continue. Bruce, yeah, yeah. Random film trivia. Love it. Uh, yeah. So on the 6th of August, important edit. I did say the 6th of August, but I actually meant the 6th of July. Apologies. The Air Force sent out their intelligence officer who was Major Jesse Marcel. He went to visit the ranch, see what was going on to inspect this debris and just see why the police couldn't do their job, I assume. Uh, And then 
whatever he said. The next day, Army Air Force personnel went out to the site and they collected the debris and took it back to the base. Now, on the 8th, the Air Force Public Information Officer, Walter Hart, issued a press release stating that personnel from the field's 509th Operations Group had recovered a flying disc which had landed on a ranch near Roswell. So obviously, this is the public information officer of the Air Force in that area saying, Yeah, we found aliens. <laughs> you never found aliens. Getting weird, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so the news picks this up and it goes, absolutely goes wild. Cross country, everyone's starting to report on this. But the next day, after being contacted about the incident, General Roger M. Ram Ramey of the 8th Air Force in Fort Worth, Texas, ordered the debris to be flown to him so he could inspect it. And I can only imagine that he started pissing his sides and cursing quite profusely when he actually <laughs> saw it. Uh, because he told everyone and anyone, even people that had their back to him, that it was a weather balloon and flying saucers don't exist because they don't drink tea, so they don't know what a saucer <laughs> is, quite frankly. Uh, they burn it all, didn't they? That's not... That's, I just don't... I, I can't... Oh, you really went there again, didn't you? <laughs> I just can't right now. Uh, I can't ever. <laughs> Those bastards. Oh, sorry, sorry. Old I'm wounds. Okay. Old wounds die hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. I'm okay. So it's, it's interesting, interesting point on this. With the press release of from uh, the general actually had uh, Marcel in the press pictures with this debris in front of him like like he's a puppy and they're rubbing his nose in it and going see what you've done you've created all this fucking fuss and look at it look at it what is that uh, well that's so, the million dollar question well exactly what is that it's yeah I mean on the 9th uh Mac Brazell, who found this stuff, claims it was just sticks, tough paper, rubber strips, and tin foil. All right, <laughs> whoopsie, silly me. <laughs> why did I go? So why why did I go to the police about it? Uh, I mean, if if that's all, it, you would recognise it instantly as there's a there's a. I mean, I've never seen an A bomb, but I feel like I would know the difference between what distinctly looked like a bomb and what distinctly looked like tinfoil paper and rubber strips exactly i mean these things uh, i would but, hope i can recognize tinfoil i've got enough hats made out of them well yeah i mean <laughs> even even though it is 1947 they're not actually luxury items are they these these kind of things no exactly so they should have been available to to people i mean and pretty much after that that killed the story dead in the water until a few years later when your lot came along and started promoting conspiracy theories left, right and centre. Because it is. So... As, we were right. As loath as I am to say this, <laughs> I may actually have to err on the side of your people on this one. Hey, welcome to the club. No, it's all right. I'm just... No, you've already joined now. I've got no one-day pass, right? That's all. Ugh, right. We don't do one-day passes. We do lifetime passes or nothing. You can you can stamp me hand and I may come back in. That's about <laughs> it, right? <laughs> uh, now, this, it's it just seems... If, if you go back to Matt Brazell, he was that concerned about these sticks and tinfoil being on his property that he went to the police and then the police were that concerned about going shit they look some like pointy sticks don't know what to do with that uh, I've only got handcuffs and a gun I'll have to call the tanks in to deal with this it just seems a little bit why would you go Yeah. why would it not be dealt with at the source 
And yeah. e- even if it is the backwards and they didn't, it, it's just too much fuss to be kicking up over some stuff. Uh, just some, some stuff that you just see in the local corner shop. I, yeah, and I mean, so say you were the cop that got called out to this place. And the guy's like, I found some suspicious debris. And you're like, you're the cop and you rock up, you know, with your cool glasses, the aviators and shit. And you're like, where's the, where's the debris? And he's like, well, it's here, right? Well, that is, that is distinctly paper, tinfoil and strips of rubber. Yeah, but is it though? Yes, it is. Why are you wasting police time? Put the fucker in the bin. That's it. Just put exactly. it in the bin. You just like slap him on the back of the head and go, you numbskull, you've done it again. Yes. Like God, I was up here last week for that tuba cabra <laughs> that was a gin coyote. We've literally got Ed Gein to deal with and you are bullshitting us with tinfoil and paper. Exactly. You know what? I, I've got to go and clean his skirting boards and that's going to take me ages. <laughs> Busy man. Uh, yeah, so I mean... I, I just get it. I don't understand why this kind of escalated and escalated and wasn't dealt with at all. Granted, it could have been that, yeah, there's an army base nearby. They are, they do some skeevy stuff over there. Maybe we contact them and ask them about what's going on. Yeah. But Marcel was an Air Force intelligence officer. So... The clue is in the title. He had some intelligence about air stuff. Do, do you know what I mean? I, it's on I, his CV. I've got intelligence about air stuff. That's the thing, yeah. And he was, he was, so he was a pilot or he flew. There is an absolute, uh, on the Wikipedia page, there is an absolute hit job on him. And it's called, uh, I think it's source number four, but it's Major Jesse Marcel, folk hero or mythomaniac. And it basically tries to debunk everything that he ever says and goes through his history, and it's a proper hatchet job on him. But apparently it cost $100 in 1995 to get a copy of this. So who's who's scamming who on that? <laughs> Not 100% sure about that one. Uh but he was an intelligence officer in the Air Force. He, 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 he was aboard planes. I can't remember if he flew or he was a gunner uh, in the Second World War. But he was involved in the nuclear detonations at Bikini Atoll in 1946. And he, was com- he got commendations for his work there. And he was promoted to lieutenant colonel, which is halfway through the officers' ranks after the Bikini Atoll. So, you've got to go... Maybe he does know what tinfoil looks like? You would hope so. I mean... Obviously, there are some people who get their... who gets to rise to their positions through... through other ways than knowing. Like, it's not what you know it's who you blow kind of thing but I, I was gonna say are you implying that this guy was below a desk yeah i mean i don't think he was he, he he's for what from what i can see he had the references and the he had the cv to be able to do this job and i don't think it's a big uh, or a far stretch to say I don't think you need a massively padded out CV to recognise sticks and tinfoil and pin rubber strips, you know? So then why didn't he? Why didn't he what? Recognise tinfoil. Because maybe it wasn't tinfoil. This is what I'm trying to say. Maybe he thought... Have we got any pictures? Well... (laughs) Because I'm sure there was pictures of the debris. There's a a picture of... Marcel in the uh, office of uh, General Roger Ramey uh, when he's like, whoopsie, I got it wrong, guys. <laughs> but oh, okay. is that is that the actual debris that was brought back? 
because in, in, in 1947, no one's got a camera phone on them. So, like, Marcel and the... Uh, Marcel, uh, the Brazil and the 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 officer aren't going to have taken pictures of it. And the army came in, like, the next day to come and take it away. So this is actually you saying... Oh, legit. shit. Here we go. <laughs> legit. It wasn't tinfoil. This is legit you saying... It couldn't have been because he would have recognised it. I'm just confirming this. I'm saying there's a lot of variables in this in this, this situation here. This is you here. saying you believe in the conspiracy. Get in there, lad. Of all, of all, I know it's like the oldest, but of all the the weird stuff, there's a lot of things that don't add up. Like, why? What? Why did it escalate? that quickly in such a short space of time if what they're only saying is what it is uh i mean and uh, and and as well conveniently uh from the documents from roswell from january 1947 to october 1947 they've uh, been destroyed Really? Yeah, so there's no records, documented records between that period. Uh, so now, obviously, you can do Freedom of Information Acts and yes. even it, uh, you can't get them because there, there's no records to be had. Uh, and no one knows where they went, how they were destroyed, who destroyed them. But oh, So there's man. no there's no actual evidence from this time to say yes or no. So when people or evidence is being destroyed, it's like, hmm, that's a red flag. It is again. Boosting the conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, and as well, in 1994, the US military records were declassified and the crash was actually labelled as part of Project Mogul. Now, Project Mogul was a top-secret high-altitude balloons. So the army was using high-altitude balloons, like kind of in the way that a submarine uses sonar. I'm not going to get into it because I'm not a, a, a boat person. I don't... I mean, <laughs> I, I, obviously, some people know I am a boat person, but I don't really want to... Uh, go on about it and and just so you know <laughs> there will be plenty of boat people sorry there will be plenty of seamen coming up in the future <laughs> hey. uh because i am i have been classified as an expert by uh by someone that uh that would be <laughs> uh but yes yeah, so the uh i had to get that in uh <laughs> so project mogul was uh it kind of tried to use to these high altitude balloons to detect long distance sound waves in kind of the, in the same way as sonar. So these balloons, they to the untrained eye, the reflectors looked extremely odd. A geometrical hash of lightweight sticks and sharp angles made of metal foil. Mm. So, right, fine, fair enough. Maybe it was part of Project Mogul. But there's two things that are really, for me... Oh, God. I may as well go and make a fucking tin out here. <laughs> out. I've already got one made for you. I've had it for ages. Just been waiting for the right moment. So... This is that moment. Yeah. Oh, God. So, to me, it's... They kind of go in... Yeah, it wasn't aliens, but it was this other secret thing we were doing. So, it's kind of like deflecting. Uh-huh. Which is fine and everything, but you've got to go back to Marcel, who was an intelligence officer. So surely he would have, he known, would have known about the stuff that was happening in his own backyard. Even if he was sworn to secrecy, I mean, even if it was just, all right, it's top secret. Only a few people know about it. The balloons, they're going to crash eventually. Yeah, but you would think even if a few people knew about it, he'd be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Because I... It's his job. Yeah. It's what he gets paid for. Yeah. 
So, like, no, dude, this is secret, secret, like secret, 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 super secret. Like, not even you guys can know about this. There's literally like, you know, the, the secret stuff. There's like twelve people that know about it, but this, this super secret stuff, there's literally just me and one other person. It's not a thing. Exactly, I think, and and as well, why would he think like sticks, sticks? Ah, alien. Why? Why would you jump to that conclusion? <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is they've 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 conquered interstellar flight using twigs from the fern tree, <laughs> like the fir tree. Like what? Hey, they're being eco. Being fucking caveman, like, <laughs> like Fred Flintstone has <laughs> built a flying saucer here. I just. I love it. I just don't get that. And but what about bodies? So there, there there's not enough ahead. evidence. Like I'm, I don't really want to try and because there's another like thing that they tried to say it was, which was the high altitude test jumping which they'd use with a dummy. But that happened years later. That happened in the 50s. And the dummy that they distinctly made to look like a, an alien. No, but it was... it was So it, this is where... This is what they kind of tried to say with it. And I'm not... I'm not... I don't believe that there were any bodies. I don't believe the alien autopsy or anything like that. Uh... But this is what another theory that they have. There was there was also another secret project going on at the time, uh, and it was high altitude jumping. So they drop dummies out of the plane using fucking tin foil and and sticks apparently to try and fly. Uh, <laughs> and this is kind of if there was anybody's recovered, this is what could have been recovered from it it was just a dummy but again you just robbing peter to pay paul kind of thing you just try to go don't look over there this no it's just the secret stuff we're doing not what aliens are doing don't worry about aliens <laughs> worry about what we're doing like it, it makes it makes uh the thing is though they didn't do like a great deal to hush up the alien thing and i mean bear in mind it was the 50s when all the like alien movies and stuff were coming out at the cinemas and stuff and everyone was like flying saucer crazy and so they i feel like that's why it makes it more suspicious that they didn't do that much to dampen down the aliens have landed kind of theory and that made me think hmm okay so they're quite happy for everyone to go <laughs> it's not aliens it could so that we wouldn't go, oh, but what if it isn't aliens? And what if they're doing something that involves nuclear technology and they're going to nuke the world or get get into war with Russia? You it, know, yeah. they want us to think it's aliens or they're doing something worse. And, you know, there was a theory that I kind of am a bit like, mm, yeah, that sounds like it could happen. And there was this theory going around that um, they were taking, they were doing like tests, uh, like radiation tests on a, like experiments like human experimentation on like disabled people basically okay. and that the bodies that people had seen were actually like physically impaired people that had been experimented on so if you were one of the scientists who'd been doing such horrible shit like that you would probably be okay with people thinking that it was aliens because that's so much worse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like with the I think I think we talked about it in uh, Moral Panic, uh, where it's you you don't want to believe that people yeah. can 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 go to them kind of levels, can deprave themselves and do do horrible stuff. So it's got to be the devil or it's got to be aliens, kind of thing. Yeah. We 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 try it. It's. It's it's a fault of human nature. Uh, that but people forget it happened in Auschwitz. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And Unit Forty Two with mm -hmm. uh, uh, with, in, in, with the Japanese and exactly. So it's not 
it's not outlandish it's not outrageous it's not unheard of it has happened we've got proof that it has happened so like i don't know i just feel like if this is what really was happening i would feel better if people were held accountable for it than going it's aliens exactly exactly and that's see this is this is why the red flags for me they're kind of like try to point it in another direction away from what it should be or not what it should be but what you think it is so then you start thinking and and i suppose this is where conspiracy theories and all all this starts well they don't want us to look there they want us to look over here so then we'll if we look over there what will we find you know when you start oh maybe it's something else maybe and then you start digging deeper and coming up with uh with a whole load of shit like the in petrol stations are out of petrol which they're not they're, <laughs> no, they're not they're not it's just because you all voted for fucking brexit and got rid of all the foreigners who drive trucks and you can't be asked doing it yourself you lazy fuck <laughs> uh oh no uh, uh, i voted remain uh no you didn't dickhead uh anyway sorry uh <laughs> foreigners coming over here stealing our jobs what driving hgvs because you can't because you've got an asbo and fucking 12 points on your license fuck off <laughs> someone touched a nerve <laughs> uh anyway i don't even drive i don't even need petrol i know right we essentially went from mengele to petrol shortages <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know how we got that and i do apologize that went off <laughs> that went from zero to 100 really fast there this is sorry like- the worst thing that I think could happen and the worst thing that you think could happen. Yeah, yeah, uh, I could. Angel of death or Brexit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which was worse? Uh, let's not get into a debate about that. Uh, <laughs> Cake or death? That's for future generations. Uh, mm. We're only we're just... By then. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. And uh, this will be our only legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, people would have stopped listening after three minutes because they usually do. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that what the stats say? Yeah, well, no. Uh, I don't we should do some kind it. of porno intro then. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh no, it's just spitballing. Is 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 that one of the things that they do? I don't. I don't. Maybe I just... we should start with ASMR. Oh God. <sighs> No. I'm gonna have to stop recording in a minute and go uh, go 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 have a cold shower. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got any crisp packets to rustle or anything, so I, was... I, I can I just lick me mic. That's what they do now, isn't it? <laughs> seen a few people doing that. <laughs> I have also seen it. that's been banned on Twitch apparently. Mic licking. There's no sound coming through when I do it. I need to wash. Well, a, there is dust, a little bit. Dust do it again. me mic. I don't know about that. <laughs> there is, there is a sound coming through. You lucky, lucky audience. Oh, fucking hell. About half an inch of dust on that microphone. Oh, that you've just swallowed. Yeah, rough as well. Fun. Jesus. Oh. It's like licking a fish the wrong way. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask how you know that. Anyway, getting back to Roswell. <laughs> <laughs> so, Walter Holt told interviewers in 1979 that the base commander of the Roswell Army base, were, who was Colonel William Blanchard, and he was an actual, he was a close personal friend of Holt. So they weren't just colleagues; they, they like, they knew each other, and he asked him to write and distribute the press release so he had faith in him to be able to to distribute this press release but he was asked to see it so he could kind of describe it and he was told that his request was impossible why because he just wasn't allowed he didn't have the clearance to be able to see this so in, in 1989, he goes on and says uh, that he knew nothing about what had been recovered, but Marcel described to him what he had seen. 
and he stated it was something he had never seen and didn't believe it was of this planet. And Holt trusted him on this knowledge. So, I mean, you've got three people here who are near the top of the pyramid structure of the army. You've got a colonel, you've got the intelligence officer, and you've got the guys writing the press release. They all have, like, a lot of trust in each other and within the army because they've risen to these ranks. Yeah. So, why would they... Why would they lie, like, in in the first instance? Why would they just go, yeah, it's 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 alien, but it's not really. Well, why would they, if they were that, like, maybe they were a bit simple and just went, yeah, let's just be honest. The public could understand. Or they, they went, yeah, we'll just, we'll just do this on our own and just, just go with it. And then head office got involved and went, whoa, now pump your brakes there. <laughs> We don't want people knowing about this. You know how people are. You've seen them at the petrol stations. They're fucking mental. <laughs> uh, and with the toilet rolls. Yeah, yeah, God. I bet this trade's going on. Facebook Marketplace. I'll trade you <laughs> 16 3 ply for a can of gas. <laughs> God. I'm going to have a look later. I bet there is. Fucking Jesus. Like swapsies <laughs> at school. Ah. <sighs> What's more valuable to you right now, Ant? Because I'm always going to go toilet paper. I don't drive toilet paper. Okay, you're uh, a bad example to ask, I guess. Uh, yeah, of course, because, I mean, I only drank petrol once, and whew. <laughs> I don't know if it hurt more going in or coming out, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I used to live near a guy who used to literally go to the petrol pumps and drink petrol. I mean, he was clearly an alcoholic, but he had this issues massive massive issues he used to drink the petrol from the fucking pumps uh, the, i don't know, like think you t- needed to clarify that he had massive you know, massive issues <laughs> you know like the 24 hour as the petrol stations yeah. yeah yeah he just used to go to one of them every night because you just pay by your card on the on the pump you know yeah of course and just you don't have to go and see anybody at a counter or anything Which... like, can i can i pay for four pounds 78 worth of the fuel that i just drank by squeezing the pump directly into my mouth Calm down, Ant. I'm just thinking of like some really cheesy '80s movies, you know, like like <laughs> where they're, they're they're in a rainstorm or something, and there's a woman running through, and he's just like that with a petrol hose going, <laughs> and just getting doused in it in a in a see-through wife beater. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have to have a cold yeah. shower. Fucking hell. Uh, I hope he didn't smoke, because fuck me. He's going up like a Christmas tree. Jeez. I mean, I haven't seen him for many years. Maybe oh, no shit. No shit. <laughs> You've not seen him for many years. <laughs> <laughs> he either drowned in diesel or uh, he spontaneously combusted, one or the other. God, that one summer. God, he was funny. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. yeah. He had real issues. I mean, clearly he had real issues, but other than drinking petrol and diesel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. Maybe he's he seen aliens, that's what drove him to it. Well... Try and cleanse my mind. You just never know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Holt, Holt said uh, as well in 1989, he believed Colonel Blanchard saw the material because... He sounded so positive about what he was describing to him and there's no chance he would have mistaken it for a weather balloon and neither would Major Marcel have been mistaken. Yeah. So, I mean, it is interesting to note as well, just as an addendum, that Holt, along with Max Little and Glenn Dennis, did open the International UFO Museum and Research Centre in 1993, but maybe that's because of what he saw. Uh, not because he was drinking four star. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I, you see, I am 
on the side. It there was something. Something happened. There was an incident. Something happened. There was debris there, and it it could have been dealt with at the actual point of contact. It could have been dealt with there and then, and we wouldn't be talking about this 60, 60 years later. You know, but because it kind of went back and forth and is it isn't it i think that creates everything and there's a lot of coincidences like the the documents were conveniently destroyed uh that you know it's just that marcel was a, an intelligence officer mm-hmm. why would he think if why would he think it's a weather balloon, or why why would he not think it's a weather balloon? Sorry, or not go. Well, if I put that back together, I could make that out of it, mm-hmm. rather than straight away describe a flying saucer to the guy who was going to write a press release about it. Yes. Why wouldn't he go? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it was personally, but it had this on it and you could use it. And if I was designing something or from what I've seen in the past or using my knowledge, I would think it's a weather balloon. You know? Yeah. Rather than go, it's not off this earth. Fuck no, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Straight away. Like, you're you're the top guy at the intelligence agency and you're just like, 100% UFO. 100%. 150 billion percent it's a UFO. Yeah. That's that's the thing, because... And and at this time, it wasn't a major thing. Like, in the beginning of 1947, there was... I'm sorry the name escapes me, but you'll probably know the, the pilot that had the UFO encounter. Yes. In America. So, the Unidentified Flying Objects Encounter. So... He had that encounter, and and there was, in the following months, there was like a hundred or so copycat encounters or people claiming to have seen flying saucers. And flying saucer wasn't really in the lexicon because they didn't drink tea, but they didn't, they wouldn't describe it like that. It wasn't a well-known word. It only became popularised after this with the science fiction writers and the pulp fiction writers and the the dime novel writers try to just sell their story kind of thing uh, yeah. and just came up with a word for it so it for people to be describing it as this it it's obviously a brain thing where you see something and you go word association you go that looks like that so I'm yeah. going to call it that. But it's flying, so there you go. Uh, it's a flying saucer. Yeah, it looks like what my great-great-grandma drank that brown liquid out of. Uh, Ain't no old-fashioned Americans drinking tea, aren't yeah, They well, didn't have any. Well, of course. Well, It's all at the bottom of the fucking ocean. Indeed, yeah. Boston Harbour. Go go swimming in Boston Harbour, Jesus, you'd be all right, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I Keep wouldn't now, but uh, no. uh, yeah, this rancid tea now. <laughs> and who drinks cold tea anyway? Apart from Americans. Oh, don't get me started. That was that was horrific. Mm-hmm. Guys, why didn't you tell me tea tasted better when it's warm? How do you, how does it even how do you even get anything out of it out of the bag? I mean, on the very on like on on the front packet of every bag of tea bags, there's a steaming hot cup of tea with steam coming off the top of it, indicating it's not really really cold. It's not like liquid ice in there. It's really hot. I just so hot. It's physically changing its status from a liquid to a gas that's that's a hundred degrees plus that is <laughs> yeah <sighs> just 
anyway tan oh yeah yeah apologize about all these tangents but uh <laughs> got a lot to talk about i tell you uh so this 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 roswell i am definitely siding with with caution i'll say that uh aliens possibly but then but then if it was aliens why haven't they come back now i know i shouldn't have said that because that's a stupid thing to say yeah i shouldn't have said that because obviously they've been back loads of times you've you've probably got a couple around your house now they're they're, they live they're living among us yeah i mean they're not living with me because i haven't got a spare room but if i had a spare room then they could yeah mind uh, I'd ask them all sorts of different things, like, how long does it take you to jump into that super tight lycra suit? I mean, this is only on the basis that they speak English. No, no, it's telepathy, isn't it? Here we go. Okay. And, like, why don't you wear sunglasses when you go outside? Because you have really big eyes and no, like contractible pupils so that's letting a lot of light in and i never see any aliens go ah the light like fucking dracula and you never see any aliens with aviators on except in paul the time and peg film but that was a disguise so it's different he was also wearing a cowboy suit as well he but i mean <laughs> yeah i've not seen maybe maybe, maybe all the cowboys are aliens maybe that's maybe that's what it is uh, they haven't got green skin or gray skin they're very tanned I don't know. Unless aliens are having spray tans, I don't know. Because that would be a good idea. I mean, yeah, that are become shape shifting lizard people who mated with the the blonde aliens that came from Atlantis. Or that. Yeah, yeah. That so. would be easier than a spray tan, I reckon. Yeah. So after all that, now I just think it was a weather balloon. Uh, oh, for frank. God's sake! No, you don't. It you've was talk, human you've talk, you've managed. You've managed to talk me out of that, right? <laughs> so close to getting that God fish on it. the boat. So close, and this then is you me stamping on your tinfoil hat right now, crushing it into the ground. You started going on about greys and came no retractable eyelids, and uh, it's just a, I would. Uh, haven't you ever wondered that? Not re- no, no, uh, categorically, no. <laughs> well, clearly you need to open your mind. That's like saying, haven't I ever wondered why a cat's thumb is halfway up its leg? Yeah, but there's scientific reasons for that. Yeah, but it doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect my life in any way, shape or form. Grey's having non-kin... No eyelids don't affect my life in any way, shape, or form. One, because they don't exist. Two, because just never crosses my mind. Uh, firstly, one, they do exist. And two, that's just because you're fucking selfish, okay? And you don't think about how bad it might be for them getting blinded every single time they walk out of the house. It must suck to only be able to go out at night. That's why abductions only happen at night. They can't go out during the day. They've got no eyelids. Right. 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 You know calm, I'm right. Calm, calm. You right. know I'm right. You just you're getting angry because you know I'm right. No, but for any life to exist anywhere in the universe, it has to have a planet that revolves around a star. Therefore, at some point, there would be light on that planet. Yeah, but you don't know that their planet didn't explode or die millions of years ago, and they've had to live on spaceships for like millennia. So they've evolved to not have eyelids because don't really need them in that dim spaceship. But they're still in space. Yeah, it's not very bright there. And these stars! Well, then they just don't get... They close the blinds in their spaceships. They're not landing on the stars. Oh, you sold me now. Oh, it all makes sense. Perfect oh, sense. God. They've got oh, Venetians. Ah. <laughs> Interstellar transport and Venetian blinds. That is what they've got. <laughs> Blackout curtains. Jesus. 
You just don't know these things, okay? I don't. I don't. Never I'm sorry. presume knowledge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't eat their cornflakes. I don't. I don't. Exactly. You don't eat the cereal. You don't know what they go through every single goddamn day. I'm sorry. To all greys that are listening, I do apologise. Uh, I've. Uh, I. I will educate myself on your struggles. I think you should. Yeah. On that bombshell. <laughs> so, is... did Roswell happen or not? Something happened at Roswell. But now you're not convinced when you were a minute ago. I've I've unconvinced you. I don't. Well, you kind of you kind of did, but it was something you said, which is the only bit of sense you've made. Uh, Human experimentation. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, because they're too easily going. Don't look over there. Look over here. Yeah. And Spoken aliens was something that was promoted in the news, and yeah. as we know, government does have a big hand in mu- in the news in films. They they put pressure on them industries to make them look good in a light. And if they've got a story to say, then obviously there's leaks that happen. Uh, to so then I've come to see there's a conspiracy. Oh, fuck. You trapped me there, didn't you? <laughs> that was sneaky. Was there a conspiracy or not, Ant? Simple question. Oh. It's just a yes or a no. Something happened in Roswell in 1947. And, was there uh, a conspiracy, Ant? Yes or no? Uh, some something happened there. That's a, uh, that's a yes. It's a yes, folks. It's a yes. He's convinced. Get the fuck in. Information was changed, or you think there's a conspiracy? Shut out. the front door. Yeah, I, I'll have to say I don't believe it was how it was reported by the the army at the time. On the, on the second instance. In the first instance, something happened and they didn't know what. But then when he went up to head office, I don't believe that it was the excuses that they gave out. So in a roundabout way, you believe that there was a conspiracy? I've said what I have said. <laughs> he wouldn't admit it, people, but that's what he means. <laughs> interpret <laughs> interpret that as, as the way you will. I have. Uh, That's exactly how I've interpreted it and exactly how everybody else is going to interpret it. And my life's mission is now complete. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so on that bombshell of me almost believing in something that Atreya believes in. Uh, almost joining the ranks. God. Just yeah. This has been the M.O. <laughs> Podcast with me, Contemnation Sam. And me, Atreya. Thank you so much for joining us, and we shall see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Fucking good comments, you like. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast. The M.O. Podcast.